0: Well, I want to bring a word of instruction so that as God is blessing us, we will declare it to the world and we will continue to minister what he's saying to us. So I'm asking you to uh, just prepare your hearts for the message. We've been in a series on apostolic, what it means to be an apostolic church. And the Lord has uh, really convinced me to share a message that uh, I developed years ago and I believe is appropriate for an apostolic church. An apostolic church is a church that produces and doesn't consume. And we really have to begin to understand what it means to be producers. You'll remember the apostolic is that which builds foundations and brings a culture. The culture of the kingdom of God and the foundations of the truths of God. And so we produce the kingdom. That's our purpose. Not to consume, but to produce the kingdom of God, and the very power and life of God into this planet. How many of you know that this planet is under a death curse? It's under a curse of death. It's under the power of death. But through Christ's resurrection, He has given us the power of what? Life. So we are in direct conflict with the spirit of this age and the spirit over this planet. And the conflict comes that we're to bring the spirit of life Where there is death. Now let me tell you something. Death does not exist other than the fact it is the absence of life. Right? So what's stronger, death or life? Life. You have life to bring into your office. Life to bring in your home. Life to bring into your school. And where there seems to be a spirit of death, just remember one thing. It's because there's no life there. And you're bringing it. You got the goods. So we don't want to be consumers. We want to be producers. And so I want to share that with you this morning. And so I want you to understand what consumerism is and where it started. You know it started in the garden, didn't it? Consumerism started in the garden. Adam and Eve had everything they needed to cultivate the garden. And God told them to have dominion and multiply. What does that make? Life doesn't it he said you have everything you need in this garden you'll have no need no desire necessary what i want you to do is cultivate the garden cultivating means to produce life have dominion and be productive so the intent of man in the earth was to produce life the life from the garden life from the tree of life life from what god was giving And that's what they were supposed to do. But one came into the garden, didn't he? Who caused them to consider what they lacked. And instead of producing, they consumed. What did they consume? The very knowledge of evil. They consumed the knowledge of being self-centered instead of God-centered. They became concerned and discontent. So I want to share with you the fact that discontentment is not related to what we have. It's measured by the distance between what we have and what we want. The devil came in and made them consumers because he caused them to consider what they couldn't have. And they consumed what God told them not to touch. So they became self-centered, self-aware, right? Right? And this is consumerism. Consumerism is to the desire to have what you don't have. And I want to tell you something. We need to be careful of that trick. Here's the characteristics of a consumer. Self-serving, self-centered, self-fulfilling, self-indulgent, self-gratifying, self-demanding, critical and whining in discontent it truly is a spirit of death. It permeates and covets everything around it. It's the consumer flesh mentality. Let me ask you this, it's a me generation. It's all about us. Christianity has become about me. We've made everything in Christianity about what you can get. And this is in fact how we evangelize. We tell people what you can get. You need eternal life. You need this. You need that. You need all that God has for you. He's going to prosper you. He's going to make your life great. He's going to do all of this in an appeal, completely appeals to people's flesh. We're winning people by appealing to their flesh. When the truth of the Word of God is that God is holy and just and pure, and we are not. And we need salvation from our own self-interests which will bring destruction. He is worthy of all praise and honor, glory, and power. And I want to speak that we would have the spirit of life brought to you. We're under a condition of death and the true gospel, the true good news is that you may have life in Christ. Consider this. What is stronger Satan or sin? What is stronger, Satan or sin? Think about it for a minute. Who, what is stronger, Satan or sin? We have, a, we have a confused group here. I want to help you with this. It's a powerful concept. Who fell to sin? Therefore, what's more powerful? Sin. Sin. Sin is stronger than Satan. How did Satan fall in sin? He became self centered. It's the same trick he brought to the garden. He said, I will ascend higher. Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28. He said, I will ascend higher. I will sit upon the throne of God. I will have all people worship Me. I, I, and pride was found in Him. Sin, the original sin. Self-identity. Our identity is found in God, in Christ. But when we find our identity in ourselves, we must feed the beast. Feed the monster. Of self-gratification and self-pride. Apart from Christ, we can do nothing. Look at the books out there apart from Christianity. The best you you can ever be. This is about me. How to survive. How to do this. How to do that. How to have a better me. How to have a better life. Life is all about the now, the present, what you can have. All the toys you can get. It's a consumer mentality. And may I tell you, sin is never satisfied. It is a power of death. Death consumes all things and destroys what it can. It tries to take the life out of whatever there is. So we've got to be careful with this. We've got to understand that consumerism is powerful. Consumerism is sin. It's the desire to feed self. We're living in an age of consumerism. Every one of us is influenced by the Spirit and we're conformed to our thinking by the patterns of consumerism. i got to have more. i got to get more. It's in the air we breathe and it's the result uh, of what we do and we're not even conscious of it. I, I can't stress this enough that I would ask you to get on your face before God and begin to consider how consumed you are with yourself. I need more, I need better, I need this, I need that, I need this. And we bring it into the church. The church now is about Christians and not Christ. Pastors and leaders of churches are more concerned with getting Christians in their building than honoring Christ with our lives. We don't teach people anymore how to sacrifice their lives for the sake of the gospel. We teach them how to pray to get more a consumer mentality. And we're getting wrapped up in something that's going to take us down. Let me share some quotes with you, if I may. This is by a man named Ray Garandy. Guerin- Consumerism seems to me to be the number one corporate sins of Christian Christians. It's the sin that affects the most of us the most. We're simply so deep into it, we don't see it anymore. Our desire for stuff supersedes everything we are distracted owned tempted and seduced by it and we're not going to see it until we look to the cross the cross is an emblem that is absolutely opposed to self isn't it because jesus said if you're going to follow me you must what Deny. deny yourself die you must come To the cross. The cross is the emblem by which you and I die to self. Consumerism does not make sense to Christianity. It's that stark. The sense of me has no validity in Christianity. It is Him. Everything is Him. We live for Him. Now, living to Him blesses me. But I do not need to be self-conscious. I need to be God-conscious. If you want a successful marriage, follow this plan. There is no me in a marriage. The two shall become what? One. The whole purpose of you, husbands, is to serve your wives. The whole purpose of you, wives, is to serve your husband. When you start thinking of me, you have failed your covenant. It's no different with God. So, consumerism, in the sense of me first and what can I get, is an absolute contradiction to Christianity. But we're blind to that. We're, we're, we're confused right now. We're thinking, what are you talking about? Some of you are evaluating what I'm saying, saying, is he right? I don't understand this. I don't get this. Consider it, it's deep. Please stare into the cross for five minutes contemplate how much we matter. It's but by grace that we've been saved. And it returns to the love of God, which we are through His, lavished His love upon us that we may participate in Him. How could we not but continue to praise Him all morning, all afternoon, and all night? That we are in this love, And that He would pour His love upon us. Praise God. We've got to be careful. Now, could I read to you what Pope John Paul II said in 1999? And uh, it's very powerful. He said this, Before our eyes we have the results of ideologies such as Marxism, Nazism, fascism, Also of myths like racial superiority, nationalism, and ethnic exclusivism. Now, you've seen these throughout your history. We've seen these ideologies permeate the nations around us. Different thoughts and concepts that were going to change the world. And they came and they went, haven't they? But there is a new one now. He says this, No less pernicious, though not always as obvious, are the effects of materialistic consumerism in which the exaltation of the individual and the selfish satisfaction of personal aspirations become the ultimate goal of life. In this outlook, the negative effects on others are considered completely irrelevant." As the world becomes global, the global purpose is for self-consumerism. And if you'll turn to the last book of the Bible, you will see a spirit pervasive over the earth, and it's called the Whore of Babylon. What is the Whore of Babylon? Lust, seduction, consumerism. It is buy, 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 get, get, get. You need this, you need this, you need this. It's just in everything. Everything is selling, everything is selling. It's amazing to me. And so we're consumed by this. Huh. George Hunsberger said this, that church has simply become a dispenser of religious goods and services. It is, isn't it? Is the service short enough for you? Is the music nice enough? Do you like it? Let's rate it. Is it good? Easy to dance to? I like the preacher. He was short. He was to the point. He was dramatic. Loved it. had some funny humor in it. I'm going to go back there because I was entertained. Goods and services. You feel better? You paid your cash? You put your money in the offering? We're all paid up? Everything's good. We've met the requirements and God's good. See, that's a consumer mentality. That's a me centrality in our approach to God. People are more interested in being churched than becoming the church. And this is key. And so I want us to get our head out of the delusion and the fog that has infiltrated our entire lives especially in America if there's ever a whore of Babylon the United States has has become that I've experienced this in nations where I've been overseas our plates are bigger here everything's about consumption I, I remember my first time to Russia and I thought what what is what they give me a little dessert plate for it's dinner time <laughs> then they gave me this little teacup and I thought what <laughs> the heck are these just little people around here or what and I realized their portions are so much smaller. We don't have plates that we eat on. We have platters. <laughs> and our drinks are endless, and we just <clears throat> <clears throat> ah, We consume everything we do. And what we, what we consume is all self indulgent, lust centered, emotionally driven. Uh, we're intoxicated. We're intoxicated with self-indulgence. And 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 it's become the the desire of the church. Well, the church isn't here to just get intoxicated for self-gratification. The reason you're here today is to get empowered to produce life. To produce life, Christ's life. That's why we're here. So God would have us to bring life and to be producers. The intent of Adam and Eve was to produce life. And when Christ came, He came that we would have life and life abundantly. Now, Luke 17.33 says this very specifically. Whoever seeks to save his life or preserve his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life will keep it or find life. There it is. There's the principle right there. The difference between consuming and self, self, self gratification. The denying of self. I have my rights. I'm an American. The denying of self. He said if you will learn this power, and there is power here, that if you will lose your life, huh? If you lose your life, you will find life. But if you seek to preserve it, you will lose life. What does that mean? Self-centeredness bears death. Because everything's about you and for you, and it will never satisfy you you will go to your grave clawing and clinging for one more thing, one more thing, one more day, one more minute, one more hour. But if we would learn how to produce life, the way to produce life is to allow life to come out of you for others. It's not about you. When you learn to lose your life, lose the interest of who you are and what you're doing and begin to produce For others, the life of God coming out of you, you are now experiencing life itself as you are being the manufacturer of it. As opposed to trying to consume it, but now you're producing it. You're giving life. You're giving joy. You're giving peace. What happens when you begin to produce it? You're part of it. You know it. And it's being made in you. What is the Holy Spirit called? He's called the Spirit of life. You've had the Spirit of God put in you. And so now what is released from you as you're giving out life, you're giving peace, you're giving joy, it's being brought through the very Spirit of God in you, out of you to others, you're participating and producing, cultivating life itself. But if you're looking to take and to seek, I need this from you, I need that from you. And I'll use marriage again as a context. You know what happens. There's a power in love and a power of life that when one gives to the other, you don't have to concern yourself with you because as you're giving to your mate, your mate is giving to you. And there is a power and a joy in that process that is perpetual. But when one of you is wounded, when one of you is hurt, that power reverses on itself and you start counting uh, what you need from the other person and how you did this and they didn't do that and i need this from them and they're not giving me that and they're not giving me this all of a sudden the power is sucked away towards each other now to you and you want this from your mate you want that from your mate and they're not satisfying you and they're not giving you enough and they're not doing this now you have two people opposite opposing each other and that will bring death to a marriage Life produce life. God called us to be producers. Romans twelve two says, "Do not conform any long to the any longer to the patterns of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind." What is the pattern of this world? It started in the garden. What I need, what I lack, what I want—self, self, 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 self. I'm giving you the gift of life right now. To know that our life is in Christ. Not ourselves. We have to transform our minds. We have to renew our minds. Watch what you're reading. Watch what you're listening to. Be careful what's out there. There's so much Christianity that is actually wrapped up in consumerism. What you get out of it. Last of all, for those whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. What is it that we're to do? We're to become sons of God. We were predestined, it was planned from the beginning that we're to produce the life of the Father. What does a son do? He carries on the life of his Father. Right? So Christ came bringing the life of the Father to planet Earth so that He would die to break the power of our self-centeredness so that we would be taken out of Adam, put in Christ so that we would be sons of God who will produce life. Amen. Whose life? The Father's life. To be reproducers. And to produce the very life of God. When you walk into the room, Father walks into the room. Life walks into the room. Light walks into the room. Joy walks into the room. Peace walks into the room. The kingdom and presence of God walks into the room. Produce it. Don't be afraid. Don't be shy. Nobody likes me. I've got the self image. This and that. You're a son of God. You bear the very presence of God. Walk up to people and begin blessing them. Own the room. For Christ. Amen. Produce life. A river of life has sprung up because you walked in the room. People's ankles are getting wet because you walked in the room. The fragrance of God is in the house. Something smells good. That's because a Christian walked in the room. I'm serious about this. When you understand what you're producing out of you, what do you think He put His Holy Spirit in you for? To make me happy. It's not about you! He put life, the very life of God. Are we getting this? The very nature of Himself in you. You're a vessel. You're a container. So when the the top pops off, He comes out. So pop your top. (laughs) Instead of staying sealed up. What did Christ come to do? Christ came to bring truth. It says, for the law was given, John 1 17, the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth through Jesus Christ. So there's two things grace and truth that you are to bring. You're to bring truth to this world. This world believes what they hear and chooses what they feel. They believe what they hear. Now that's amazing to me because most of what they hear is a lie. It's been shaped, it's been formed, it's been twisted, it's been spun half of the information you are getting I'm sorry I was was too conservative most of the information that we are getting on our TV news our radio news has been respun, redesigned rewritten we're not getting what is true and most people respond by what they feel not by what is accurate and true and what is best for us right Crack Smith, you remember when granola bars were healthy for you? You remember granola bars back then when you were supposed to eat healthy? Now they've got chocolate and peanut butter and everything else on it and syrup and everything. It's a healthy bar. Man, that's a candy bar. I don't care how you cut it. That's a candy bar. Who's deceiving themselves? And we're like, oh, I like this. It's healthy. I'm eating healthy. You ate seven candy bars. One of the ingredients is granola. But that's what we've done. Right? We just sugarcoat it. Just sugarcoat it. Just put Jesus on it. I heard him say, Jesus must be good. Just, yeah, Jesus, God. It's got to be good. Yeah, did you hear that, uh, that new star? That star said he, I think he's saved. How do you know? He said Jesus. And we fall for it. The church falls for it. He must be a Christian. Silly. But, but we're to produce truth. What is true? And therefore, we must present what is true. We must represent the truth. Produce the truth. Now, can I tell you something? It's going to get you in a, a heap of trouble. It's going to get a mess of trouble. But it's the only standard. You're the only standard for truth on planet Earth. You're all that there is. In your office, you're the only standard of what is true or not true. You're all that there is in your neighborhood, uh, in your community. And in America, the church is all that's left for standing on what is true biblically. Now, the people are going to resist that. They're going to hate that. They're going to call us bigots. They're going to call us harsh haters. We're all haters. But why? Because we're speaking what is true. Because if what is true, if what we're saying is true, they're wrong. Nobody likes to be wrong, especially when you're trying to satisfy yourself. And so, this isn't your argument. This is an argument for the glory of God. This is speaking to the Lord God. Now, last, secondly, is grace. What we are to be producing is the very presence of God's nature. We're producers of that. That's what you do. That's what you do. You produce love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control this is what christians produce the very nature of jesus himself we are sons of god we are here to be productive we're to cultivate the garden of god and so where you go peace goes where you go patience goes Where you go, goodness goes. Your waitress at the restaurant may not be as good as you would expect. Your service may not be as good as you would expect. But with patience and goodness, long-suffering and gentleness, you will bring life to that woman's life instead of your cranky old self. Because you're so special as a king's kid, you deserve better service. Lay your life down. We're so demanding. We want this, we want that, we want this. Serve me, serve me, serve me. Why don't you take five minutes and consider what that person is struggling with. And look behind the scenes of their trial of their life. They're a little bit confused today because they got news last night that their husband's leaving them or that their baby is sick or that they can't pay next month's rent. But you, Christian, come to the table demanding hot french fries. Take them back. I want better. And don't think you're going to get a good tip from me. Bless God. What happened to stop being a consumer and produce the presence of God? Forget about your meal for five minutes and bring the presence of God into that person's life. They'll be changed forever. Oh, it's time for the church to produce life and life abundantly. You're a prophetic people. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Where you show up, Jesus shows up. When you speak an edifying word, an encouraging word, a word of exhortation, Jesus is in the house. You represent Him. When you go pay the bill and the person is rude to you, you respond by the very fruit of God's own nature. You speak truth, but you are gentle and faithful and you're caring enough to make this thing work out. I know we get frustrated. I understand that. Jesus had some opinions on things and he'd call things out, right? But he never violated the spirit of God's nature and his faithfulness. This is what an apostolic church is. It produces the very nature of Jesus, the foundation and the culture of God himself. That's what you are. You're producers, not consumers anymore. Let me give you a comparison and show you what you've become. This is who we are. A consumer says, what's in it for me? A producer says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Amen? A consumer says, I want to satisfy my personal needs and desires. But a producer says, I will lay my life down for another. This is producing life. Listen, why wouldn't we? Do you understand what you have received, the inheritance you have? Come on. Our inheritance is to rule and reign with Christ eternally. How could we not give everything else away? The consumer says, I'm never satisfied. The producer learns to be content in every situation. Paul said, For with Christ, all things are possible. Consumer says, What about me? The producer says, Not my will, but thy will be done. We're producers. And it is the hour for you to speak truth and bear the nature of Christ. You're a producer of that very life. Everyone in this house is. So I would would like you to say and make this declaration I am a producer. producer. and And not a consumer. Amen. Let's bow our heads.